Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is an Our Americana Podcast Network production. Sponsored by Podbean. We are a nation with no geographic boundaries, bound together through our beliefs. We are like-minded individuals, sharing a common vision, pushing toward a world rid of color lines. Hi, this is Josh Hallmark, and I'm your host on this musical journey called Playlist. Each week I'll be hanging out with some of our favorite podcasters, curating playlists for different themes. And tonight's theme is We Are Family, and we'll be taking a look at our favorite families who sing. Tonight I'm playing music with... Is it me? <laughs> yes. <I'm sorry. laughs> Hi, I'm... My name is Unprepared. Um, I'm Hannah. I am the co-host of Boozy Movies, where we get inebriated and opinionated each week, taking shots at one film, both literally and figuratively. Um, And you can find us all over the place, but uh, pretty much strictly Boozy Movies pod on any social platform. I'm Jason Leroy from the Binge Movie Podcast, which is like if Siskel and Ebert were gay and one was a woman, but they still hated each other. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at excessfaggage. I'm Trisha from uh, Two Girls on a Bench. I'm one of a team. Shauna and I procrastinate by uh, from writing, by eating snacks, and sometimes drinking wine. <laughs> you can find us at... The number two girls on a bench pretty much everywhere. Well, welcome, Trisha, to the Playlist family. Thank you. Uh, um, well, let's get to the music. Hannah, you played us in. Why don't you tell us about your picks? Documentaries aside. <laughs> aside, yeah, let's just go ahead. Push I'm them aside. You, I'm so glad you said that. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. He was a pedophile. Let's just get it out. Let's just call it what it is. It's very creepy. It was the evidence is undeniable, but so is the beat. And I'm sorry <laughs> no. to oh, say. Anna. <laughs> it's it's really hard for me. Because we kind of all had like a goat growing up, like greatest of all time. And Michael was like my goat. Yeah. So this has been not, I wouldn't say much of a shock as it is just like coping and like understanding what that means to listen to this music still. And I'm like still kind of going through that. Um, however, I pick this because I feel like it's n- not really a fair conversation about f- musical families without the Jacksons. Um, so, and you couldn't have picked Latoya. I could. <laughs> <laughs> if we're talking about music, like decent music, um, 
So, yes, I picked Michael. You knocked me off of my feet, my baby. Guys, it's okay. We're going to get through it together. Um, the Way You Make Me Feel is one of my favorite hits. Um, I find it still super funky, and I picked this song and one of Janet's songs side by side because they kind of came out around the same time. Um, but I think it's just really hard to deny like Quincy Jones and the combination of Michael Jackson, which I know is very ill-timed, but I can't help it. This is why I picked it. And... I don't feel bad about it. Now, now, Hannah, you made these picks um, probably before that documentary came out, right? No. Oh, I was trying to give you an out, and you did not take it. <laughs> so you full well chose the Michael Jackson song. I did. In the post-Leaving Neverland world. I did. I text Josh, and I was like, is this okay? <laughs> You're like the Kate Blanchett of uh, Playlist. It takes it takes a certain it takes chutzpah. Uh, yeah, well, this was my first time listening to a Michael song since watching uh, Leaving Neverland, and uh, and it, for, I was like, I felt unclean. I felt like wrong, honestly, listening to it. Um, especially because, like, within five seconds, I was like fully like, yeah, this song. Um, but then I was like, oh, it's like a Faustian thing. I felt like I was, uh, you know, making some sort of evil compromise in exchange for, uh, enjoying the, how awesome the way you make me feel is. Um, so I mean, yeah, it's really tough, uh, to, I mean, I, I personally, my decision going out of the documentary was like, you know, whether or not there, however you would answer the question of whether or not we should still listen to Michael, like, I just know me personally, like, I can't listen to Michael without feeling um, all of that, feeling and remembering all of that, thinking of those two guys and all things they said. Um, and uh, so, so yeah, this was, uh, yeah, it was, it was tough to listen to. I felt a lot of conflicting feelings. I, you know, I know Michael was a lot of people's goat. And so, and I think that we are all still kind of collectively processing, like, how, what do we do with a legacy of work as rich and impactful as Michael's? Like, do we just shun it forever? Um, and, you know, I don't have the answer to that. I just know me personally, I don't feel comfortable listening to his music anymore. Um, this is still a great song. Um, and we're not even talking about Janet. Poor Janet. Once again, getting eclipsed by Michael. Um, this was, Janet is, Janet is always, was actually my first goat, way over Michael. Um, she is a queen. Rhythm Nation is life. Uh, this was my first favorite album as a little kid. Um, I know it front to back. It's such a, it's, it's such a rare example of a major pop star getting political and socially conscious in a way that actually lands and, uh, and doesn't become this embarrassing Sorry, thing. one second. Hannah, are you on a tarmac? <laughs> like, <what? laughs> yeah, there's... Am there's... I loud? <laughs> <laughs> Am I typing? Is that why? I don't know. It's gone it's now, sounds... but... There's like a loud air. It sounds like, yeah, it's like, like you're standing on like an airstrip. <laughs> no, I have no idea why that's happening. Well, it's, it's gone now. So whatever you're doing, <laughs> keep doing it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anywho, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, this is a fantastic Janet song. I'm so, uh, it's so awesome that she got inducted into the Rock Hall recently. I love that she encouraged the Rock Hall to induct more women. Um, I, of course, am curious if Janet will ever make a statement about leaving Neverland. And um, I know there's rumors that she backed out of performing at the Rock Hall induction ceremony because it is broadcast on HBO, 
which is the network that broadcast Leaving Neverland. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I'll leave it there. Sorry, Hannah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry to, to go there with it. But uh, that, no, I just, it's I just, fine. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like I part of me part of the reason I picked it was to get other people's opinions on what they think about it because I feel the same way. Like, and it was really easy for me when Surviving R. Kelly came out to be like, ah, no, never again. I am never listening to you again. And for some reason, I can't do that. Probably because it's, I'm much more emotionally connected to his just discography in general. So it is interesting to hear like what people think about it. And I think it's a good conversation to have. So I have to talk about Janet for a second and the video for the song, because that when I was growing up, that was like so amazing to see like all the people, you know, kind of like Beyonce getting in formation. Um, you know, the, the whole rhythm nation was just uh, it was just the shit. And I feel like it stands up. Uh, I showed my daughter the video and she was just all over. She's eight. So she's like the age I was when I started listening to Michael Jackson. And I have this, you know, I have kids, obviously. So I have this weird torn feeling where it's like I want to show my kids that love to sing and dance this amazing guy singing like musical prodigy dancing, whatever, as a kid all the way through an adult. But then I have this weird you know, the way I feel when I listen to the way you make me feel is weird now. And, uh, you know, it's 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 the it's a really, really hard line to cross. Do you honor the artistry like you're saying, Hannah, or do you, you know, do you let go of that person because of what they've done in this world? That's really evil. So I don't know the answer. Um, I haven't made up my mind, but my kids are really young still. So I figure I got a couple of years to sit on it <laughs> and figure it out. But um, yeah, it's a hard one. I I mean, I do like both songs, but I I have to say this was the first Michael Jackson song I listened to all the way through since watching the documentary, and it was difficult for me to listen to it. I wasn't able to let go and just be like, this song is great. I just, it kind of creeped me out. <laughs> yeah, I want to start with Janet um, because she hasn't really done anything uh, to lose our respect yet. This album was, like Jason said, one of my first favorite albums when I was a kid. And I agree, like, the dance was like the Macarena of the 80s. Um, and uh, she's phenomenal. Everything she does is great. This is one of her greatest albums. I love this song. Um, and then her brother. Uh, I love that you not only picked a Michael Jackson pick, but you went with this one, which was surely about little boys. Um, when there were so many like political ones you could have picked, but you're like, now I'm going to go with the way you make me feel. Uh, and I don't have an answer. You know, um, Phaedra Parks falsely accused someone of rape and got fired from the housewives, which is ab abominable. Um, but I miss her dearly and I wish she was back on the show. So I, to a lesser extent, understand your pain. <laughs> but, yeah, not a full one-to-one, -one, but Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, 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 this was the first time I listened to a song of his since the documentary as well. And it made me feel really gross. That's how it made me feel. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I think maybe it's time to retire MJ, but you, you keep listening to him. You, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants. This did not go the way I thought it would. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, I also love that we can't even fully see your face right now. It's like you're hiding. Uh, it's, it's intentional. Yeah, you're. <laughs> I know when when Josh when you first sent out the topic for this, the first thing I thought was the Jacksons, but that was pre-documentary, and I already had weird feelings, but. You know, I was thinking maybe someone other than Michael or maybe the Jackson 5 back when, you know, he was a child. But, yeah, brave Hannah. Very brave. <laughs> Gotta talk about it. Like, it can't be something that we don't talk yeah. about. It's true. That's pretty much why I picked it. It's important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to make a joke to segue us into the next one, but <laughs> I think it's even too inappropriate for this group. So I'm just going to... Buckets of rain, buckets of tears Got all them buckets coming out of my ears Buckets of moonbeams in my hand 
You got all the love, honey, baby, I can Uh, go, so I went with the Dylan family um, with Buckets of Rain by Bob Dylan and Closer to You by The Wallflowers, which I'm sure everybody knows is fronted by his son, Jacob Dylan. And there's such an interesting pair of singers because Bob is this like busted looking but prolific and profound songwriter with this really raspy and gravelly voice and then Jacob is hot as fuck um with just this really sweet pure pretty voice um and he can almost cobble together a good song I just think there's such like a strange father-son pair uh and i love both of these songs so much buckets of rain is like one of dylan's only really like light simple fun songs um and it doesn't dive deep into despair or politics or just get mired in like the travesties of the world it's just like a nice little love song and then closer to you i pick because i think it's one of the lesser known songs because it came out pretty late in their career um and it's also just like really pretty and sweet and uh, he's not trying too hard i feel like jacob sometimes and maybe it's just because he's you know living in the shadow of his father like tried really hard to be a clever lyricist and he just didn't have the chops for it so i like this because it's just simple and he's not trying to be anything other than himself yeah i really liked both of these songs um I love Bob Dylan. My dad, like, cannot stand him, so I didn't listen to a lot of him growing up. But um, I feel like all of his songs kind of sound the same to me because he's like, So this was was nice because it's sweet and slow, kind of like the Wallflower song as well. Um, But yeah, I can't say much past that. I do, I will say... Josh, these songs made me feel happy, and that might be the first time in in the history of my life and the history of this entire show where my choices made everyone feel disgusted and depressed, and your choices made everyone smile. It'll be the last, probably, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, Buckets of Rain. uh, I first became a fan of it when Nico Case covered it for one of those Starbucks Valentine's Day compilations (laughs) back, like, like 14 years ago or something. Josh, you probably remember that. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh Yeah. That that was a great edition of Sweetheart, I'll tell you. Um, which was the name of Starbucks Valentine's Day compilations of covers every year. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, Dylan, I've always liked best when other people are singing him. Uh, I think that, you know, he, he, of course he's a, yeah, he's one of the greatest songwriters who's ever lived, but his voice is deeply unappealing. And, uh, so, but, if, but, you know, it's, it's still, it's a really, it's a cute little love song by him. Um, I love the imagery, uh, and it's, it's, yeah, it's really pleasant. Also pleasant, as Josh mentioned, is looking at Jacob Dylan's face. Uh, I mean, holy shit. I still remember when the video for One Headlight first came out. And just those loving, well-lit close-ups of that puss. Uh, I just, like, I felt just, I'd never been so aroused just looking at a face uh, as I was looking at Jacob Dylan in the One Headlight video. 
Um, I saw him a few years ago uh, do, I, I, w- I went for free to review a concert a few years ago that Jacob Dylan did at the Regency Ballroom here in San Francisco. And it was strange, speaking of Nico Case, because Nico Case and Kelly Hogan, her backup singer, were actually his backup singers. And this was like well into Nico Case being a big star. Huh. And she was, and she didn't, they didn't even open. Like they were just there to sing harmony for Jacob Dylan. It was the strangest thing. It's the main reason I went. Um, and then I wrote a review of it for the website I was writing for at the time, Spinning Platters. And I basically was just like talking about like how Nico Case was amazing and why was she supporting Jacob Dylan and how dare he not even sing one headlight. Uh, and cause I was thinking like, no one listens to the wallflowers. No one cares. And let me tell you, the comments told me otherwise. Boy, oh boy, are there some violent Wallflowers fans in this world. <laughs> didn't know. I didn't know. I found out the hard way. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, this was, this was a nice little song. Um, it helped me along to picture his pretty face singing it. Um, he's just one of those guys where, like, thank God he looks like his mom, right? That's all I can say about Jacob Dylan. This sometimes best when a boy gets his mom's face, and that's definitely the case here. He has some documentary coming out pretty soon that's playing at the SF Film Festival about Laurel Canyon as like a musical cultural hub. Uh, oh. So we can gaze upon him again when that comes out. Thank God. Mm-hmm. So I love Bob Dylan. I, I like the way he sings. Um, I know his voice. People have a lot of, I don't know, opinions about not understanding him. But I think his poetry and his lyrics are what draws me to him and this song buckets of rain is like a song i wish someone had written to me and serenaded me with it like when i was in my 20s you know what i mean it's so sweet it's like feeling groovy like from you know it's like that sweet happy love song it's like something i can sing to my kids or listen to with my kids and you know it's just it's just awesome um or I wish I wrote it also, but that's another thing. And then Wallflowers, I love them, uh, their first album. And I, I, I wasn't really familiar with the song, but it kind of brought me back. And then I kind of went back and started listening to their other songs that, you know, like One Headlight. And and uh, I always liked the band. Um, I, you know, nice to look at, but I, I really remember listening to the album to death, like uh, when it first came out. And my mom even liked it. So it was kind of something we had in common that, you know, bridge the gap, um, because she did not like Bob Dylan. Um, but she agreed that his son was much better looking. <laughs> when I was a kid, we stayed at, um, this fancy hotel in Hawaii and Jacob Dylan was there. Um, and my segue joke was going to be <laughs> speaking oh, of people we'd like to be molested by, uh, <laughs> Oh, Oh, no. no. Um, And now the Partridge family. Trisha. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sleeping and right in the middle of a good dream. Like all at once I wake up from something that keeps knocking at my brain. Before I go insane, I hold my pillow to my head And spring up in my bed, screaming out the words I dread I think I love you This morning, I woke up with this feeling I didn't know how to deal with And so I just decided to myself I'd hide it to myself And never talk about it and did not go and shout it when you walked into the room. I think I love you. Woo! Taking it back to PG or G. <laughs> Speaking of my kids. All right, well, I think I love you. Okay, I had this record, right? And uh, that that doesn't age me at all, right? Record is a spinny thing. Okay, anyways. So um, I... My best friend and I were dating guys in college when we were like seniors in high school and we lip synced I think I love you to them way too soon in our dating relationships, which was a bad idea. However, I have a soft spot for that song because we did spend hours doing choreography and learning the words to do this very humiliating thing. I can't believe we did it um, in public. <laughs> Anyways, 
we were our own little uh, flash mob, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> and uh, so I have a soft spot for the Partridge family. Uh, I met Shirley Jones a few times uh, when I was working in theater. Um, she was actually at a show I just... Uh, we saw like a, a year ago, like in the audience. And, and so I think it was Shirley. She's not dead, right? No. I think she lives, she lived in this area, Thousand Oaks, Ventura County. But anyways, I, I did get to meet her back in the nineties and she, she was doing some local theater. So it, between my connection to, I think I love you and the casties and then come on, get happy. It's just, it's just light frothy. And I feel like, in that 70s, almost Brady Bunch way, um, that it kind of, uh, it just kind of lives on. And, you know, it's it's super cheesy, of course, but I, I don't know. There's a, there's a really, like, good nostalgia about it. Um, when we had a radio show in college, we used to play <laughs> some of the Partridge family on our radio show, which was not about uh, 70s music. It was pretty random. But anyways, I still like them. I feel like this is very on brand for you um, and that it's just delightfully cheesy. And <laughs> yeah, like I just, I sat there, like that's what, those were the two words I wrote. And then I was like, what else can I write? And I was like, I just feel like that perfectly sums up the Partridge family and saying anything else would do me and them a disservice. So delightfully cheesy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, I love the Partridge family, weirdly. Uh, thank you for bringing like something light into this episode. Um, I, I remember very vividly Susan Day hosting SNL. And I was one at the time that the episode had come out, but my, my parents had all these VHS tapes, uh, another throwback technology, um, and of old SNL episodes. And there was one in particular where she hosted, and it was like Partridge Family versus Brady Bunch. And it was one of my favorite sketches. And I watched it over and over and over again. And uh, it was just fantastic. So, yeah, this brought back a lot of happy memories for me. Uh, the main memory this brought back for me was in Screen 2. When Jerry O'Connell uh, serenades Nev Campbell <laughs> with I Think I Love You. That was my primary, which apparently itself was an homage to Top Gun uh, when someone serenades someone with You've Lost That Loving Feeling. But I'm a 90s kid, not an 80s kid, so I know the Scream 2 reference. That, <laughs> that's the one that sticks out to me. Um, and incidentally, Jerry O'Connell looked exactly the same then as he does now. Uh, I think... I think that I think I love you is genuinely a great song. Uh, I think like the just yeah, it's, I think it's it's like it's actually sophisticated songwriting and it's undeniable and fun. Uh, Come on, get happy is like a pie in the face, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's 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 undeniable. And it was you know David Cassidy, of course, Dreamboat of Dreamboats at the time. So uh, uh, so you know him and Jacob Dylan. Pay to watch those two go out town on each other. I'll say that. <laughs> so, <laughs> just throw that out there. Uh, and that's my transition to go from G to X.
je me retiens. <laughs> uh, with my Je t'aime moi non plus by Serge Gansborg and Jane Birkin. And the second is Rest by Charlotte Gansborg, who is their daughter. And, uh, and you know, this kind of gives you the unique experience of possibly listening to Charlotte being made. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so Je t'aime moi non plus uh, was incredibly controversial when it came out in the late 60s. It was widely banned. Um, and it even famously peaked at number 69 on the Billboard singles chart, <laughs> which is a badge of honor that holds on to. Uh, Serge Gansborg was uh, sort of one of the, the most iconic figures in all of French pop. Jane Birkin was an actress, singer, model, and sort of all-around muse. The Birkin bag is named after her. Uh, so, uh, and yeah, this song is just, yeah, the two of them boning down in a, in a sound booth somewhere. And, uh, and I think it's just, you know, it's a really cool, I just love French sixties pop in general. This is one of the most famous songs from that era, from that genre. Uh, Serge Gansborg is, is also definitely a bit of a dirtbag, uh, in general. He has a very damning, um, appearance in one of the two Whitney Houston documentaries that came out, uh, in the past few years. You know, not to get ahead of the next block of songs we'll get to, uh, where we get very sad again. Speaking of sad. song here rest this is a title track from her last album and uh it is um sadly it is about the suicide of her half-sister kate berry uh who was all uh, her uh jane birkin's daughter as well with a different father and uh so and and the word rest in french reste is the verb for stay um and then you know and then in english it has sort of the double meaning of like resting place so uh so and i think this is just a really it's a gorgeous song. I love the texture of like of of the beat of the synth. I think it's just really mesmerizing, and um, and we listen to her vocals. I love the way that she synthesizes sort of both of her parents in her vocals, where you know she does like this kind of spoken word, French English British accented um, hybrid. So she's sort of keeping both of her parents' legacy alive in the way that she uh, in the way that she performs. And she, of course, like her mother, is also uh, an actress who's been in many of Laurence Vanchier's films. Uh, and it's just generally one of France's leading ladies. So, uh, but yeah, so parents and daughter, that's what I'm going for this round. Um, I'd never listened to these songs before, but, um, I, I felt like I had an appreciation for the spoken word, especially because it reminded me of like funky choreography or performance art, uh, modern dance, you know what I mean? Background, you know, seeing that vi- like really visual, um, it felt like maybe part of a movie soundtrack and all I could think of was French Kiss with Meg Ryan, but something better than that. Um, and then, you know, and then I couldn't help it and I'm not mocking it, but I don't know if you ever watched Flight of the Concords, but they do a video where they do a 70s, you know, like striped shirts with the scarves and the bicycles and I watched the video for rest and now that I know it's about something very serious I feel quite differently about it but when I first watched it I couldn't help that spoof coming to mind because it's so spot on with the cinematography and the there's just a very French I mean you know what that means when you talk about film and uh but it was it was definitely an interesting listen I I, uh, I enjoyed listening to him yeah so this was interesting because I don't generally like music by Serge Gansborg, um, and I generally love music by Charlotte, but you picked, like, a song by Serge that I 
Love and a song by Charlotte that I just could not get into no matter how hard I tried. Because <laughs> yeah. um, I loved IRM, and then this album mm-hmm. came out and I really wanted to like it because it was you know getting so much critic acclaim, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't get into it. But um, hearing what it's about makes me want to revisit it, so uh, maybe I'll go and give it a re-listen now, kind of knowing what the story is and... I think you always do a really good job of uh, contextualizing a song, um, and you've done that here, so I want to give it another shot. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, I, I, IRM was kind of an outlier for her discography because it was produced by Beck, you know, and it was just much more like rock band focused. But her first album and this album are more, yeah, electronic texture. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if you like the rock band thing, then there's just kind of that one record. Fun fact, je t'aime mon non plus is French for four and a half minute orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I was fully convinced when I read the name, and this is just my idiot American reflexes, that this was the song from Inception. And I was like, oh, I know this one. <laughs> and then I was like, no, I do not. No, I do not. <laughs> abort, abort. You thought it was you thought it was no je ne regret rien. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. exactly. Um, this song is actually really great. I actually like both of these songs, and I agree with you that the texture of rest is really like what drew me into it. So I really enjoyed it. I've never heard of this family ever, so uh, I will definitely be diving in more to their music for sure. Um, oh, yay! Me again. <laughs> great. <laughs> Another goat, uh, <laughs> slightly less problematic. Um, uh, Whitney Houston, who I was like, I don't know any other musical families. We covered the Partridge family. Who am I going to go with? Is Whitney Houston related to anybody? Oh, look, Dion Warwick is her cousin. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I stumbled upon this. Howell I know only because I think it is one of her it's my personal like poppy top 40 favorite of hers um and then I picked that's what friends are for simply because Dion doesn't have a whole lot of choices but also because (laughs) because um of the scene specifically in Bridesmaids where they're like toasting (laughs) Maya Rudolph and they start singing a duet of this and it's like one of my favorite things ever so pretty light but love love both of them <laughs> do you do you know how many decades Dionne warwick has been performing for <laughs> Hannah? yes i do there's a lot there's a lot to choose from she's a million if she's a day <laughs> there's, so, <laughs> there's so many you're like well i only had this one like cheesy novelty song of the 80s where she's one of like what sounds like eight singers That's uh, all I got. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I would like to direct you to her Burt Bacharach discography. She was one of the foremost uh, um, singers of Burt Bacharach, Hell David songs in the 60s. And my personal favorite is a song called Walk On By. So I'd recommend that. That's a great song. Um, you are cheesy as fuck, and I love you for it. Uh, <laughs> with, with, with these elections. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny, you know, the Whitney thing, it, I don't feel like after watching both of those documentaries that came out, um, it doesn't make Whitney's music for some reason, I don't have any sort of adverse reaction listening to her music. Um, I'm, you know, like I still like, I just connect with like the joy and power of her voice and I, you know, celebrate what a, you know, one of a kind vocalist, once in a millennium vocalist she was. And uh, sort of like, you know, after watching the Amy Winehouse talk, you know, like listening to the music at first, you're, you know, you mourn because you're like, because you reflect on what happened to this person. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but the, but the art itself, I think, stands without that sort of same sense of, of, of moral complication. Uh, so... I remember, like, last year, I went to go see um, Dua Lipa, not by choice, uh, at, a, at Bill Graham. And uh, and after the, and it was just, like, it was one of those moments when, you know, as you're getting older, uh, you go out to shows and you realize, like, oh, like, A, I'm very much, like, two generations removed from these kids. Uh, and uh, and B, like, oh, but, but this is what the kids are listening to, though. So I'm youthful by proxy. And um, after the show was over, um, they turned on the house music, and then um, I Want to Dance with Somebody came on. And every, like almost every single little like 20-year-old in that room stayed right put where they were and just danced their fucking asses off and like sang along to every word. And I just felt like really moved in that moment on behalf of like Whitney's legacy, that it's that she's still like it's there like like there's something about Whitney's music and her singles that transcends time transcends generation transcends like you know like yeah it's 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 remarkable and how will I know of course it's classic um that's what friends are for is just cheese ball uh, as cheese ball as it gets it's a cheese ball inside of another cheese ball uh <laughs> but it does have that kind of that weird like like that one whatever that thing is. <laughs> It just, it just says 80s. It's just you know exactly where your song is coming from. Is in it, and uh, and also Hannah. I don't know if you ever saw my best friend's wedding, uh, yeah. but there's a reference in that movie uh, because they sing "I Say a Little Prayer." Yet another Dionne Warwick song. Um, there's the scene where they have to sing along to that song, and then uh, and then someone's like, "Who's Dionne Warwick?" And then one of the aunts, one of like the kooky cousins, is like, "Oh, she's Whitney Houston's aunt." <laughs> So that's another place to uh, to learn about the connections between these two women. Oh, God. I loved Whitney Houston. I wanted her hair and her clothes and her shoulder pads. And I would record her off the radio with another boombox and a cassette tape. Yes, the 80s. Um, I still love her music. And uh, I mostly feel sad for her. But I feel like she left a really great legacy. And I love these songs because they're fun. And I, of course, you already know I'm a cheese ball. So I'm like all for two cheesy things. And uh, Dionne Warwick, um, I think like Elton John and um, Stevie Wonder, like they're all singing That's What Friends Are For too, on, on, at least on the mix I listen to. And uh, I forgot that all of those people got together to do that. Um, although I did appreciate the want want like sound that Jason made much better. And uh, um, my kids were around when I was listening, not to keep talking about them. Sorry, they just always are around me. Um, <laughs> uh, that's what happens, guys. But anyways, they both like really dug these songs. They were dancing all over the kitchen. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. You know, it's really fun music. And I feel like uh, you know, I, I don't I don't go back and listen to Whitney very often. So I was like, I'm going to pull up some of those old records and or sorry, um, Apple iTunes stuff and, um, <laughs> and listen. No, I don't still have a record player. But anyways, although if I did, it would be like super retro and cute. Right. So anyways, no, I loved I love these picks, Hannah. I thought they were really fun and they were quite a lift from the French um, sort of segment of the playlist. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> so I have a confession to make. I've never really cared about Whitney Houston's music. Um, I think it's because I was a big Mariah fan, and she was so nasty to Mariah, and I never forgave her for it. Uh, 
but I am a big fan of her television work. Um, and to me, Whitney's legacy will be crack as whack. Um, and and her, I, was it Being Bobby Brown? Was that the name of the show? Yes. How, how he got the title, I don't know, but uh, I was a big fan of her work there, too. Um, With Phaedra. Yeah. And then Dion, uh, Do You Know the Way to San Jose would have been my pick, which is also her other cheesy single that everyone knows. Um, but I'm also a bigger fan of her television work. She was on uh, Celebrity Apprentice, uh, and she played the grumpy old bitch. Uh, and she told, I believe, was it Chrissy Turlington? I don't know. It was, oh, it was Claudia Schiffer. Had pissed had pissed Miss Dion off, and she just looked at her and went, "I got your number, hussy," and then walked away. And it's <laughs> my favorite gift to this day. Uh, I only speak in housewives' gifts, but that one I, I will pop in from time to time. And I love. I would love to go back and watch Celebrity Apprentice, but obviously that's become problematic, and so we can't do that anymore. Um, or I can't, unlike some other people on this panel. <laughs> oh, 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 man, I just want to give you a hug. <laughs> um, and then this is probably the only time this is ever going to happen. Uh, all four of my songs were posi- positive and optimistic this week. All colors of the night turn every darkness into light. All colors of the night turn every darkness into light. All colors of the night turn every darkness into light. All colors of the night Turn every darkness in the light All colors of the night Turn every darkness in the light All colors of the night Turn every darkness in the light All colors of the night Turn every darkness in the light Peter Broderick and Heather Woods Broderick, who are, like, very, very indie siblings. Uh, And Peter did Colors of the Night, and Heather Woods Broderick, the song just came out a few weeks ago, Where I Lay. The day after staring into the sun I saw the imprint of Burned into the backs of mine In the flickering light It found its way just they're happy and optimistic and positive and you don't get that a lot with indie rock um and they do it in a way that isn't cheesy it's really beautiful particularly heather um her song is very i guess like contemporary indie and it kind of is transcends genre and is really really pretty and kind of goes all over the place and is dramatic but also happy dramatic uh and Peter's song was actually written while he was going through chemotherapy for cancer, and it was just his decision that he needed to focus on the positive and that dwelling in the negative was only going to make him sicker. Uh, and so I, I just it makes me happy, and whenever I'm sad, I put that on, and it kind of cheers me up. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I the Heather Woods Broderick song I liked a lot. Uh, it was it was really it's sort of you know it starts kind of gentle and then when the whole thing kind of like comes in at once, uh, the really transcendent song I thought was stunning. I had never heard of her or Peter Broderick, uh, so these were new to me. And uh, the Peter Broderick song, yeah, it was sort of a nice Jose Gonzalez, Nick Drake style, just sort of bare bones uh, folk song. Uh, but yeah, it's lovely. And I did, of course, I didn't know that backstory around it. Uh, so yeah. So, and I was wondering, I know if they were like husband and wife, I don't know what their deal was. So it's interesting that they're siblings out there with solo careers. That's very cool. And I will say this is his most accessible song. It's kind of like that Jenny Haval song that everyone has heard. Like, (laughs) except for me. Yeah. Like the rest of his catalog is very strange. So (laughs) (laughs) noted. Yeah. I Googled him and got a really weird, terrifying photograph. So I just stopped looking at it. Yeah, I've definitely heard both of these songs before in every Urban Outfitters. Um, (laughs) It was fine, Josh. I like them. This is like music that I would put on if I was doing something else um, (laughs) just to have it there. But that being said, I agree with Jason. The Heather Woods one was, was much more to my liking than the first one. And both are just very like calming and soothing and that you could listen to them definitely, but I would probably have them on when I was doing something else. Like not listening to music. <laughs> <laughs> like watching terrible documentaries that ruined my childhood and everyone else's childhood. And researching Dionne Warwick. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd never heard of either of these songs and, um, I, you know, I thought that Peter's one was interesting. It wasn't really a song I'd seek out. I didn't, I didn't feel like it was as hopeful as, as you kind of made it sound, Josh, but I feel like maybe if I re-listened it to it with that in mind, um, I definitely preferred the Heather's song, uh, Where I Lay. I liked the build to the chorus. I liked, I, I love, I'm a big fan of uh, indie rock and uh, just uh, lyrically, like that really attracted me. So um yeah, I definitely like that one more. I don't think I'd listen to it while I was doing something else per se, but you know, it might come on my playlist again. <laughs> There's something about you that I'm never gonna find out. How I want to live that life again. I want to live that life again. of independent music um so i picked this weird sister duo that well maybe not weird but i'd never heard a first aid kit and uh they sang background on another song and i i sought them out because i really liked the way that they harmonized and i was like who is who are these singers and uh they're two sisters that started when they were like 12 and 14 years old and they got really famous by doing a cover of a Fleet Fox's Tiger Mountain Peasant Song. Wanderers this morning came by Where did they go Graceful in the morning light Banner fair Follow you softly In the cold mountain on youtube it you know had like a one of those youtube blow up things and then of course then they went into a career but the way just the way that they harmonize they they belt and their like dissonance that they have i i just 
I, I really love the way it hits. And I feel like this is uh, more serious, obviously, than some of the other music we've talked about today as far as content, because I think they're dealing with life and death and desire and, um, you know, the lyrics in both of the songs are, are more, especially the, the mountain peasant song, but it's, it's more about, uh, speaking the truth and, uh, the heavier part of life that maybe when you're that young, especially to be, you know, un 14 year old and discovering this music and discovering your voice I feel like it was kind of ironic that they took such a heavy topic and you know remade it themselves uh made it their own and you know of course when you are 14 everything does feel like it's the end of the world so it that you know obviously makes sense but um yeah, I've just I've kind of fallen in love with them. Some of their music is a little bit repetitive, but these two songs I feel like I I, I can listen to kind of over and over again because it's that kind of music where your the voice hits you like in your diaphragm uh, when you have it on loud enough in a room. <laughs> Maybe I'm listening too loud. <laughs> um, I really like First Aid Kit. I feel like they're kind of like the heim for like people in their 30s and 40s. Um, which is a compliment. Uh, and I actually feel like these picks are just so exemplary of my opinion of them, which is that they're beautiful singers um, and they create great music, but they their covers are phenomenally better than their original music. They do a cover of um, America yes. that is so good. Um, I wanted to pick that, but I didn't want to pick two covers. That's my <laughs> other favorite song they do. That's funny. Yeah, I've listened to that. Like when we were living in the van, we listened to that at least once a day. Um, and I just think they're beautiful, beautiful singers. And I just think that maybe they're not, they haven't found their voice yet in terms of creating their own content. Um, but they they can redo a cover like no one else I've ever heard. And it's just so good. I really like them. Um, I I knew Josh was going to be all about them when I read Hailing from Sweden, taking influence from the likes of Fleet Foxes and Joanna Newsom. I was like, <laughs> oh, great. Um, <laughs> but no, I totally agree. I love them. I love them together. Um, I, I agree. Like, I've listened to their music before. I find it a little repetitive on pieces. But um, the choices you picked... I really enjoyed and I think I should listen to them more because I think they show a lot of promise. I don't know if they're going to like necessarily change the way they write songs because at this point they are in their late twenties. So yes, maybe they will change it, but maybe they are just like sticking to what they know and good for them if that's what they're going to do. Yeah. First aid kit is a band that like kind of similar to what Hannah was just saying about Josh, like on paper, it should work for me if only because they're women from Sweden. <laughs> like, just like, you know, statistically speaking, that means like there's a 99% chance that I'm just going to be like, yep, sign me up. Uh, and I think, but I, I think I would, I would plus one pretty much everything Josh said. I, I do think that like their original material has just never really got me. I just don't connect with it. And, um, and there is something about their, you know, the dissonance church that you mentioned is like, that's such an interesting way of, of putting it. And I think that's true because I could never quite put my finger on what it was about their harmonies. That was always somewhat unsettling. And because like, there's like there's like a harshness to the way that they do harmonies, and which is so fascinating, especially to bring to such like a pastoral genre as like folk music. So it's there's it's really um, yeah it's there's, it's vaguely unsettling, and you're like, what's the deal? This sounds like it should be much more like chill. It should be you know urban outfitters music, as Hannah mentioned. Uh, but uh, I, but with that said, these two songs I loved. I made me want to go back and revisit First Aid Kit and spend more time with them. Um, uh, even though I might come back with the same conclusion that <laughs> we all just talked about, um, it did make me want to go back and revisit them because I've always wondered what about them wasn't clicking with me. So I want to give another day in court. All right. Well, with that said, going to the final block of the show and also the darkest story of the show.
we have Your Lies by Shelby Lynn and I Ain't Giving Up on You by Allison Moore. Shelby and Allison are sisters, and uh, when they were little girls, uh, their parents had an abusive relationship, abusive marriage, and at one point, the mother uh, tried leaving with the girls and starting over, and then the husband, their father, showed up, and he killed their mother, and he shot himself uh, in front of them while they were there. So, uh, so they kind of raised each other after that. And then as, as one does, when a sad thing happens to you in the South, they got into country music and, uh, they both started off as, uh, as very Nashville, um, uh, style singers, uh, Shelby first and Allison. And then these songs are each, uh, each come from a point in their career where they started to veer away from more straightforward Nashville country music and into uh, sort of more diverse sounds. Your Lies is, feels like it has that sort of like Phil Spector, 60s bombast to it. Uh, and I Ain't Giving Up In You is a much more sort of, just sort of like muscular guitar-driven Americana. Uh, but they both still have, especially Allison, that kind of twang to their voice. They both have sort of similar, just gorgeously rich, dusky uh, voices. Uh, they have put out um, one duet album recently called Not Dark Yet, on which they do a cover of Nirvana's Lithium that you really have to, <laughs> <laughs> which you, you really have to hear to uh, to uh, to appreciate. But uh, but yeah, these these happen to be two of my favorite songs by them. They don't generally sing about what happened when they were kids. Um, Allison put um, a bonus an unlisted bonus track on the end of one of her albums uh, called Cold, Cold Earth. That's like sort of a chilling sort of murder ballad about it. Um, and then the themes of, of sort of not knowing how to like live in the world or have faith in anything um, play out a lot in their lyrics um, as a consequence of what happened. Um, I once was volunteering at a concert Alison Moore was doing in Pittsburgh to like register voters and um, and she wound up like camping out next to me to like greet people on their way out the door, and um, and all these like drunk Pittsburghers were just like ah, that's great. I remember this one woman was just like, you know what? I bet your mom is really musical. Oh God. And um, and she was like, she was, yep, she was. And she's like, oh, she must be so proud. I bet because I could just picture you and her just singing and having a good time with music. And just, just like some, just like wine drunk middle-aged Pittsburgh lady. And, um, and she was like, well, thank you for coming. And, uh, and I was just standing there knowing the story and I was like, gotta love it, huh? And she's like, nope, not really. And I was like, oh God, will you sign the CD for me? And she did. (laughs) Um, So, uh, anywho, uh, so yeah, so that's these songs. I loved these songs. I I hadn't listened to them before, and I really love um, I love the guitar. I love the their vocals. I love that bluesy rock. Um, it's uh, it kind of reminds me of like a better Melissa Etheridge, <laughs> or you know what I mean. Like I I don't know. It was just at first, and then it would just like took. And I started watching videos, and I started stalking and everything I could find to listen because I really enjoyed these two songs, and I I thought. Um, I thought they were really good. I had no idea about the story, but that doesn't come across in, in the music. Um, the, the harmonies, the, like I said, the blues and the guitar and the driving rhythms. Like I just love a chick that can bell out like that. Like that just, 
like I said, I want to feel it in my stomach. You know what I mean? Like I, that's the kind of, like if I could really sing, that's the kind of voice I would want, you know, just maybe, you know, maybe a little bit of a smoker's rasp, just like, you know, with that guitar. And uh, yeah, so now you all know in one day. <laughs> I better learn guitar. <laughs> uh, your lies, I really liked it. It kind of felt like it would be really well covered by like some sort of postmodern jukebox type of band. <laughs> like, I don't know. I could like get that vibe, um, but I really, really liked it. I also was shocked to know that she won Best New Artist at the Grammys, and I had like absolutely no idea. So. Um, it makes me kind of sad that I feel like artists like this are swept under the rug a lot of the time, or maybe I just don't like do a great job seeking them out. But uh, I really like the first song. The second song, Jason, I don't know what the fuck you're doing to me, but you make me like country music and I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand what you're doing, but, but you have Sorry. picked like a couple of songs on the show where I'm like, oh, is this what country could be and is sometimes? Okay, I like it, but... Yeah, both awesome picks. I liked both of them. The funny thing about Shelby Lynn winning that Best New Artist Grammy uh, is that she had been like a well-known Nashville recording artist for something like 12 years. So it was like this like widely mocked thing. Like, oh yeah, sure. Best New Artist can also mean the first time we hear of someone, I guess. Uh, like she wasn't indie. She was on like MCA Nashville <laughs> from, from like 1988. Wow. Uh, and then she won Best New Artist in like 2001 for, yeah, for this album. Uh, but yeah, I forgot about that. Um, it's funny you mentioned uh, postmodern jukebox, and Jason and I both made faces because we have a friend whose passion is anything but contagious, and he can <laughs> he can make you hate your favorite song just by loving it. Uh, and he he went on a postmodern jukebox binge and talked about it ad nauseum. Oh, no. And uh, any time I hear of it, I want to kill him and then myself. <laughs> um, so. Uh, this was interesting. I had heard of Shelby Lynn. Um, I hadn't heard of Allison Moore and I had never heard either of their music. And it's, it's good. I felt like I liked your lies, but it feels like you're coming in halfway through the song. Um, which I d don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Uh, I think as, as well documented on the show, I tend to like songs that start at a one and end at like a four and a half. <laughs> and, <laughs> So true. These both start at a five and kind of stay at a five. I felt like I was waiting for something to happen the whole time. Um, but they both have phenomenal voices, and Your Lies was great. I couldn't really get into um, Ain't Given Up On You, but yeah, Your Lies was phenomenal. Um, so yeah, I'm glad you introduced us to them. And devastating story. I'm, I'm so sorry for the listeners that we started with molestation and ended right. with murder-suicide. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's a musical journey <laughs> on a family episode. <laughs> listen to the Partridge Family, right? <laughs> <laughs> or Whitney. Well, thank you all for joining me, and um, yeah, have a wonderful weekend. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 